0: It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher, Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers, Gary Murdoch and Josh Christian. Eddie friends!
1: All right, we're back in action. It is time for another unofficial 40 with the entire gang who is here. And uh, we took a week off. Eddie went uh, to San Diego. Uh, how many Wells vagina jokes were made out there?
2: Uh, not too many. San Diego is cool town, though. It is. I like I would, San Diego. I'd be willing to go back.
1: Uh, so Eddie is back. Uh, we are back in action. Josh McQuistion joins us. Is he, we've. He, I guess we need to talk about this off the top. Josh is getting ready. Now, you have not... What is the... Like, Lainey in her interests, your daughter we're talking about, is she full on... Like, what's her favorite movie to watch over and over and over again right now?
0: She rotates a lot right now. we're really into tangled, which you know I don't Good know one. if you guys know. it's kind of like a Rapunzel, like a kind of alternative story of how that played out so
1: I think that's the I, most expensive Disney movie ever made really like it costs like two hundred sixty million dollars to make for maybe it was the voice actors or something but yeah that's that's been a I've talked about that before on the well, radio. Sure. take a drink um but <laughs> It is, yeah. It is the most expensive animation movie that's ever been made.
0: Well, I don't know why it wouldn't be the most expensive as far as voiceovers. I mean, Mandy Moore <laughs> is, is the uh, main female. She's Tangle, obviously huge. So yeah, mm, Tangle's kind of hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a picture right now. <laughs> I don't think
1: that's the character's name, is it?
0: Oh no. No, no. She, she I mean, she is Rapunzel. Like that that's what it is. Okay. It's just it's kind of a different take on the whole story.
1: I actually have a very weird Disney story for you that Josh, you will appreciate this. So my best friend out in San Francisco on the side, he does a lot of woodworking. And he made his two sons I think it's I think they're eight and five, but he made them actual Uh, is it Moana? Is that the,
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. He made the Moana
1: hooks like, you know, out of wood, like from scratch. And so he he took
0: interested in making me one.
1: Well, I'll tell you, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, You, you can hear the story and then we'll find out. So, uh, I showed Curtis Fitzpatrick at work. The picture He's like, Oh my God, you got to show that to my wife. And then I showed it to his wife and she's like, oh please can he make us one for our kid and and he just does like he has a bunch of money as it is like comes from his family's well-to-do so he kind of does this like he builds guitars is mainly what he does but he did this for his kids and he likes to do different kind of woodworking projects and he still has all his fingers apparently um and so he's like yeah i'll do that and so I was like, well, I don't, how, much, how much will it cost? And he's like, I have no idea. Like, he'd never sold anything before. And I said, well, figure out kind of what your parts are, and we'll come up with a figure. And I figured once I knew the parts, I'd probably just double it or whatever. And so I went to Curtis's wife. After he told me how much it cost, it was like 70 bucks to build. And I said, I don't really know. We never talked about price. I don't know what you want to pay and i was thinking okay probably a hundred dollars i probably better not double the price be a hundred dollars so his wife her first response was oh i don't know 50 bucks and i was like oh crap i was (laughs) like well it's more like a hundred because it costs more than 50 bucks to make to just put the parts together and she like didn't freak out but she was like oh my god a hundred dollars and it's—I mean—it's a real wooden giant hook. It just looks just like the one in the the that Moana carries around. And so I was like, "Yeah, just PayPal him a hundred bucks." And and they kind of hemmed and hawed and agreed. And I said, "Well, we'll find out about shipping." And I figured shipping might be fifteen bucks. Well, he takes it to the UPS store, and because it's so big, they say they have to wrap it themselves, and it's seventy dollars just to ship it. Oh no! So now you're at a hundred and seventy dollars, and I like felt so bad because I we never really talked about like how much something like this would make in real life and so I decided like just to be nice like I'd pay the shipping and just pretend like shipping was free or something and just to get the mess out of it but so basically we made I made an agreement with my friend like if anybody else sees that in the office when it comes tomorrow I'm telling the minimum it's $300 if you want one of these because it's just so ridiculous so Josh if you want to pay maybe I can get you a discount if you want to pay $250 I can maybe make it happen. But well, you're such a tight wad. I know there's no way that's happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I think say now if see if you'd have gone to Tiffany and been like, Yeah, you can do that for hundred bucks, Tiffany would have like thrown the cash at you. I, I am the only reason that we don't live completely in the uh, poorhouse. So um yeah, that that's that's not a good uh we're not gonna get we're not gonna get involved with that. Tiffany's not gonna listen to this podcast. We are just gonna skip this all together. <laughs>
1: Well, she's going to see the picture when I put it up on Facebook today. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Once it gets here. So anyway, I'm sorry I I derailed, but I guess I was trying to get at, like, Laney's interest in stuff, but you you haven't, she's not old enough to go to Disney yet, right?
0: You know, we've talked to some people. Um, Tiffany has a friend who lives in Florida and kind of lives nearby, and they go with some regularity, and she and their little kids actually a little younger than Lainey. We're like, oh Lando. yeah, it's great, but y- you live in Florida; it's not the same expense to you to do it. So if you know she doesn't get everything out of it, no big deal. For us, for me to go, I want her to really be into it, so I I, I want to wait a while. I, that's why I think SeaWorld is going to be perfect for us this weekend because if there's anything she is obsessed with, it's animals. Like she, lo- I mean, and that's not like rare for her age, but. She is animal crazy. She talks to people about our dogs all the time. Like, she, she's, <laughs> she's very animal driven.
1: I mean, other than Shamu, I've been to SeaWorld when I was a kid. I don't really remember much about, about it other than Shamu. Like, I, I think there's penguins there. But are there, there, there what other, besides fish and turtles and stuff, can you just go to an aquarium? You have a really good aquarium in Houston.
0: Yeah, we, and, and we do, and she likes that a lot. We go there fairly regularly. You know, you can pet the, um, oh, not sting, uh, stingrays? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, they, they've got all that, and it's really nice. Um, I guess you but, get you the know,
1: seals and stuff like that, SeaWorld.
0: Yeah, Eddie mentioned it. Like, you can do, um, like, you can have a dolphins. whole thing where you can pet the doll or uh, feed the dolphins and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's just, it's some animals she hasn't had a chance to see before. Don't you think
1: dolphins are just kind of like sea rats that people accept as cute?
2: I'm kind of... How are they sea rats?
1: Like pigeons are rats of the air. And people sit around and feed them and they're like, oh, let's feed the pigeons. No, they're disgusting creatures.
3: Dolphins are smart, bro. I like dolphins. Maybe like seals. Maybe I think seals get overrated.
1: Like they're the rats of the sea? they might
3: be. I can go with you on seals. They even have that kind of like gray, gross look to them.
0: Dolphins are more like the ferrets of the sea. Well, technically, you're not supposed to eat either one of them. You know, like, it's kind of a taboo. Like, you can't eat a dolphin and wrap it. Oh, those Japanese so. slaughter those things. Yeah, that's true. They trail, eat dog, too, though.
1: Yeah, they eat No, dog. that's Chinese. Oh. Japanese eat weird stuff, but not like... More like, like octopus. Not like
0: cats, and yeah.
2: Crazy stuff like that. Stuff out of the ocean, mainly. Stuff that I don't eat. Makes
0: sense. So, you I like know, that Carrie's keeping us on good racial lines.
3: So, yeah, don't
2: be racist, Eddie.
3: <laughs> I think that was, that was safe. I think we were clear there.
1: I love I the opium wars, man. Those Chinese and those Japanese, those are some of the most racist people you'll ever come across in history. Think, like, slavery was bad? My God. I mean, it was bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm stepping out. I'm <laughs> stepping out. I'm out of here. It's all bad. I'm just saying, the Chinese and the Japanese back in the days and the opium wars. Oh,
3: they hate each other. There was some
1: huge racism going oh, on. Oh, they here.
3: hate each other, for sure. Yeah. Jap- Japan and China have some serious history, for sure.
1: Uh, so, you're going to go to SeaWorld. going to take a little vacay this weekend. Uh, that's going to be good, I think, for you. Maybe probably a nightmare. I don't know. Aquarium it's guaranteed a
3: lot of work thing. when he comes back. Yeah. How many commits go down while he's and there could at be Shamu?
1: there could be a commitment like right when you
0: start your vacation. That's a very good possibility. Yeah. Um, and guys, I mean, what are we not? We don't. It's not like this is unexpected. I mean, I still go back to on my. Uh, honeymoon Trey Millard Commits to Oklahoma Like uh, uh, Literally This goes back Forever Almost any time I am out of pocket Trey Millard Commits will come Trey Millard Yeah Is that Is it Is it, is it Okay I would have gone with it's Millard It's been a while uh, People forget Yeah um, yeah, well, I, it's probably again, that's like that's like if you about. expected
1: me to remember some recruit five years ago that signed and then never showed up, like I would. That would be on you. If I did that, it should be excused.
3: Somebody, somebody asked in the chat last night, like uh, an NFL guy from OU that, that didn't pan out. That was surprised. I know a lot of that was injuries with him, but he was so athletic and big. I thought Trey Miller was somebody that was just
2: ripping make up it. his knee. Yeah, yeah.
3: Just injuries got him.
2: I just don't think that. Well. If you would have told me that Aaron Kelsey is going to have a better career than Trey Millard, I would have definitely said you were wrong. By
1: the way, since we're talking about San Francisco, which is where he signed as a free agent, is there any buzz? Like, I've asked people in the NFL that are playing, like, hey, find, call Blake Bell and find out what the hell happened with KD Cannon. Like, that is one of the most bizarre. You pay a guy $45,000 guaranteed to come out for a week. And then you cut him before that week is even over.
3: One of the only guaranteed contracts given out. That, that's not a regular practice. I
2: mean, he had to like he there
3: had he to be caught some, doing something. doing blow
2: or
0: something. I don't know. I mean, just based John on Baylor's track record. What'd you say, Josh? I said maybe John Lynch's daughter. I, I, I like that's bad. Like I, I and I really thought. I mean, doing we had coke a off of John of Lynch's or, daughter. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was caught doing that. I don't know, but like it, it's. There, there's something really bad, like And so I, I saw some talk of like, oh, he he looks lazy. They're not cutting you over forty-five thousand dollars because you didn't run back to the, you know, like no. That's I, not. I will happening. say
1: this though. I mean, like, did you see that thing that John Lynch, I mean, put up about their culture and what they expect? And I mean, they are taking that stuff really seriously.
3: But then why sign Katie Cannon? Yeah. Well,
1: why not do this the, is, this the, is, the the yeah, homework this is to know right, high yeah. school. I mean, even when he was coming out of high school, it was just always so, I don't want to say weird, but, you know, the whole, that he just latched on to Baylor like he did. I think OU was his first offer, right? His first, first school to offer him?
0: I believe that's right, yeah. After like, he came to their camped, camp as a junior? I think going into his junior year, yeah. back when, or the offers before your junior year were crazy. And
1: it just seemed like no matter what in his recruitment, nobody was going to be able to overcome Baylor. And it was just like this single mindedness. You're like, what's really up with that? And then Uh, you don't really know him as a kid. You know what he was like in college, but he must be a horrible person. He got. I just think he's
0: like his dad was kind of his coach and his trainer, and did some. You know, like kind of had a a weird level of not a weird level of involvement, just had a heavy level of involvement, and. You just always got the feeling that from the time KD was like 14, he was bound for the NFL and he was going to be a superstar and all these sort of things. And KD certainly had the talent to make that possible. But I, I think when you're getting that from everywhere, including when you're at home, I, I can't help but wonder if that doesn't just warp your head a little bit. And Josh, were, were, were there
3: rumors going around back then? where Was Baylor seen as one of those schools that just – there's might be some stuff going on there. Is that kind of a feeling during that time of what was going on, maybe?
0: Oh yeah, but like you know, like we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, you have to be careful of that right. stuff because Baylor was just so hated. Like you know, you know how that is. Like it's really easy for someone to be like, Oh, you know, I I, I don't know. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's gotta be cheating. Well, Urban Meyer's a dickhead, so it's it's real easy to throw stones at him. But, you know, a guy that's highly liked and respected, you know, that, that, you know, I guess people feel like does things the right way. Uh, David Shaw. David Shaw is a good example at Stanford. You don't hear a lot of people like are, nobody's going to assume anything about David Shaw because he's fairly well liked. So it's a little harder to make that leap.
1: Yeah. And they've they've signed a bunch of big time guys. It's oh. just it's easy because if somebody commits to Stanford, you're just like, well, they're really smart. And mm-hmm. yep. they wanted to go to Stanford.
3: I'll never forget uh, signing day. I think it was the War of Boko year. Um, I saw a, a few OU coaches during commercial breaks just ranting against Jim Mora and UCLA. I mean, that stuff can happen. <laughs>
1: there, I mean, the, when it comes down to it, coaches aren't that different from fans when it comes to for sure the their ability to buy into something that might be just a rumor, like. They rant and rave, and they're like, this must be going on, or this has to be going on. I mean, I've seen it over and over, but in some cases, you know, like with Ole Miss, yeah, there's something going on.
2: Yeah. Well, and with the UCLA thing, I've said it once, and I'll say it a million times again, I guess, but if you choose to go to UCLA and play football, you don't care about football. Yeah. You don't want to win. You don't want to be successful. Unless you're from L.A. or something. True. True. But if you're if you're coming from a different state, you just don't care. You don't care about football. You don't want to get better. I think it's but safe it's to fact. say that
1: most of the kids from California that have come to Oklahoma really cared about football. Yeah. But some of them, you know, recently, the Hatari Birds and McKay Quicks, they had their own issues that they couldn't overcome. They couldn't they were their own worst enemies. L.J. Moore,
2: L.J. Moore, oh, L.J. Moore was coming on. He was just an entrepreneur as well. As he was <laughs> bringing business to the state. He came to. Was a he good... a business mate? I need to go look in an old media a, guide. He came to. He came to business school. Is what he came to do. A Different kind of business school.
0: School of hard knocks.
2: End of the day, you can't can't blame a guy for making money
1: for whoring out his girlfriend.
2: Uh, an O.U. cheerleader at that. I mean, it. He had the whole thing down pretty well. That
1: is just fascinating. As a man who has been single for a long time, I want to know how to make your girlfriend turn into a prostitute. Like
2: it's called drugs. methamphetamine.
1: You get her, you just get her strung
2: out on something. I think yeah. so. Just get just, just on based on, like on uh, Eddie knows the plan. Just based on Facebook progression of uh, pictures, it was like. Okay. May twenty twelve <laughs> was probably the first time you did math. <laughs> and then that's it the line just got of demarcation. <laughs> yeah, it got worse and worse as they went on. I do remember like
1: looking back at some of her when these people started and like I am not the kind of guy that's gonna go like when that happens, I'm not finding out her name and digging into into her social past that's the and the first stuff. thing I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but like seeing some of the posts that she had up, like you know, like they'd be like in Vegas or something and she was like it's so great to wake up one day with more money than you had when you yeah. went to bed. <laughs> Whore.
0: Did she yeah. really say that? Yeah, yeah that was like a tweet. Well, shit, talk about a red flag. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was, uh, it was mean, bad. Else are you, are you playing day? blackjack
0: in your sleep? What's going exactly. on? <laughs> hey, police, come arrest me, please. My oh, God. Hey, if you can
3: sleep on the clock, more power to you. <sighs>
1: so, yeah, it must have started in Vegas. But
0: well, it's all there. I guess. I mean, at least she was doing it where it's you know it's on the up. But back to
1: crooked coaches instead <laughs> yeah. of crooked relationships. I no. I, I mean, I think that's why if, if a kid hasn't hurt himself at OU, I mean, for the most part, they've been pretty good coming kids from coming from California because I I think they do give a shit about playing football yeah. and not you know the beach and girls and it's
2: a lot different.
1: Well,
0: do you guys remember? So so Jamabo uh, has
1: been pretty decent.
0: The, well, he is a good one, and there was a linebacker from Louisiana, and I'm trying to remember which program it was. It wasn't Rummel, um, but it was it was a major, major program in Louisiana. I think he came from the same school as the receiver that just ca- came out of uh, LSU. Um, uh, oh God, the guy that didn't get drafted uh, d- doesn't matter anyway. Major program in Louisiana could have went to LSU, could have went to you know Old Miss when they were rolling. I mean, he had a lot of good offers and he goes to UCLA, and you're like, dude, you know where your head's at. Like, it's not about like, – because I don't know how you go to a football game on a Saturday night in Baton Rouge and then show up for an afternoon game in Los Angeles and feel like, yep, this is an experience I want to be a part of. Like, you know, unless you're focused on all the things that have nothing to do with football. Yeah.
3: It's the equivalent of, like, going to Hawaii, right? I mean, you just, you're just saying, oh, this is going to be a really fun off-the-field experience for me. Not so much worried about...
1: Well, yeah, if I'm going to go to UCLA, I'm going all the way to Hawaii. Yeah, right?
2: Hawaii seems like a place that I don't know if I'd want to spend more than 48 hours. Weird food. Weird food.
3: A lot, lot of, of meth. Food. A
2: lot of trash.
3: Depends, a lot of trashy people. Depends how much money you had. If you had enough money, you could stay there forever on like a resort. It'd so we great. won't
1: see uh, Eddie Radosevich anytime soon on uh, International House Hunters.
3: No, I think that's the most
2: irresponsible thing a person can do. I hate those people—the
1: people that go to like Puerto Rico and buy houses,
2: or just the people that go and they're like, "Oh, you know, we have we have two children that we'd really love to bring with us." <laughs> I think that's like the most selfish thing you can do to a child—is take them out of America. So you think the
1: child or just getting, the children are just going to have a horrible experience
2: being? Yeah, here? and then they're going to grow up by seventeen, probably have their first coke conviction, and. I don't know. Just be terrible. So every rich parent
1: that takes their child to live on a a resort in a resort community, bad parents end up being
2: addicted to drugs. I'd say fifty-five percent. It's just math. There's so your
3: life is well. So I mean, if you got
2: four kids, two of them are going to be okay. Well, you better see which ones you love more and <laughs> leave those ones in the states. Well, you they then, probably already know which ones are going to be drug addicts when probably, they leave. Probably, probably. But, yeah, it's the most selfish thing you can do, you can possibly do. But you can get, like, a mansion in
1: Costa Rica for, like, $200,000.
3: Yeah, that's true. What's your, what's your social life, though? Is there, like, bars you can go out to? Yeah, you
1: just, you're alcoholics, probably. You just probably. sit there.
3: You just sit there and do coke.
2: You can just Talk
3: to drink yourself.
2: rum. Talk um, to yourselves amongst yourselves. TV probably sucks. Play
1: a lot of board games. Gotta watch a lot of ESPN Desportes.
0: Yeah, and Joe, when you're talking about board games, you're talking about like 25-year-old board games, like Yahtzee. Right. You need to bring – like
3: the original Clue, (laughs) Monopoly, none of these other – where it's like Star Wars, Monopoly, none of that crap. And I do love Star Wars, by the way.
0: They've got like the 10th anniversary Monopoly edition. There's also the ones now with like credit cards, which is BS. If if
3: you don't have a banker with the cash, then you're not playing Monopoly.
1: I don't want to know that Monopoly. I probably haven't
3: played a board game in –
1: I Ten either. years. There's none in, There time. are none in this house. We, long there never time. will
2: be. Or puzzles.
1: Oh,
0: we've got oh, board love, games in this love, house. McQuistians <laughs> gets pretty fired up about some Monopoly. Like there have yeah. been some some uh, Park Place uh, arguments through the um, McQuistian household. It, it, we don't play about it.
1: Well, you're married. Yeah, you know, we, I we guess to, Joe's you know. married and he hates his in laws. So he needs something to do when <laughs> they come over. Oh God. They Joe very rarely in-laws. come
3: over. And I don't know, board games don't really work with two people.
1: I said that, not Joe, by the way, yeah, in laws.
3: I think we're pretty safe on that front. That they're not <laughs> listening? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure they even know what I do, but it's all right. Do we know what you do? Do we know what I do? Yeah. What uh, is your official job title
0: Yeah, what would you title yourself,
3: Joe? Uh, I, I like to say, like, I'm the Mike Mordecai of Scoop, the utility <laughs> infielder.
1: You do a great job with basketball,
3: yeah.
0: for sure
1: basketball recruiting
3: Yep. if you f- need me to fill in with team sometimes stuff, can team you stuff.
1: can take pictures unless you take the card out um, you were successful last time
0: mm-hmm. actually
1: last two times
3: other than that I don't know what you do
0: Joe I'm going to take a little heat off of you here, all right actually
1: you you write really good like millennial type stories
3: I'm the only guy on the site that's written basketball recruiting, basketball, football, recruiting, and football. true, so that feels yeah. like I do stuff
0: but always. I want to make Joe I'm feel better the arm, about man. the uh, the camera situation so yesterday, we all know I go see Starlin Baldwin up in uh, North Houston go uh, you know and we, we can get into that if we want to but at the end of practice, we always, you know, I, I always do an interview with whoever I went to see. So I'm sitting down there, I'm getting ready to talk to him. And I'm kind of setting up the camera, and you know, and Carrie's going to dive in on this a second, you know, what a bad tech person I am. But this is a problem that just every once in a while pops up. And I have to stick basically the receiver for the audio into the camera. And it has a little wiring that plugs in for people out there listening that don't know what I'm talking about. Well, there's two holes that will receive this, and every once in a while, I stick it into the wrong one. And as soon as I think about it, I'm like, Crazy. that's not right. So Starlin Baldwin and I proceed to do not one, not two, but three interviews yesterday before I finally get the friggin' thing right. And Starlin, what, to his credit, was super cool, didn't complain, was like very, very patient with me being an idiot. So... Um, so
1: when he commits somewhere else besides OU, you're to blame.
0: Yes. If, if he goes somewhere other than OU, it's, it's on me. I, I it's think we can go ahead and word. say that.
1: That's not, at least you redid the interviews. I probably I wouldn't have gone that far. I would After I, the second time, I would have been like, you know what, I'm sorry.
0: Well, part of that story I can't fully get into. Maybe on the next podcast I can kind of explain everything that happened there. But there really should have been two, and we ended up doing a third one just to make up for one of the ones I screwed up. Like we we consolidated into one okay. idea instead of two.
1: Since I think I know what you're talking about, I guess I can. Yeah. Identify. Yeah. Well.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: let's get back to that, uh, and we get to. I know we want to talk about quarterback recruiting as well, or we could just do it right now. Um, by the way, Starland. Did you, what's the deal on the name? Like, is there a story behind that?
0: I asked him about it and he was so like, and I didn't ask him about the story. I asked him, you know, like, what do you prefer to be called? You know, cause all of his teammates call him star, that kind of thing. And I was like, well, which one is it? And he said, you know, whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. And then I really had meant to kind of double back around, but then all the audio crap happened and I was just like, give, give me the basics like I, I cannot pretend that this is the best interview we're ever going to run because I felt so bad. I was like, "Let's just handle point A to point B and then I'll come back up and we'll handle the fun stuff."
1: You know what I always do and I had to do this with Marcellius Sutton is like we interviewed him after the spring game and he was talking about, you know, he was wearing the number 7 because his, you know, one of his friends died and that wasn't the number he grew up wearing, but it was his friend's number so he wanted to do it to honor him. And so I went back over to talk to him after the interview Because I wanted to get his friend's name you know, Make sure I had it spelled right And I said hey uh, Let me just ask you What's the correct way to say your name And he said You can say either Marcellus or Marcellius And the correct way To always find out Exactly what to call a kid Is to say what does your mo- How does your mom say it And he got a really big smile And he said Marcellius and so then I knew, like, that's really what his name is.
3: That's good to know, because I feel like it started to feel like everybody was saying Marcellus on that one. Well, it, it's, and you know how this goes,
1: Josh. The coaches don't always know. I think mm-hmm. it's just like with Samajé Pirine. Like, none of the coaches knew how to say his name, when he, even after he signed.
0: And it's just, it's, there will be, you know, guys, there will be guys that I have literally put a mic in their face, and we have listened to them say, this is how you say my name, and then I will watch them go through three or four years of football at OU and the coaches are still not saying it the way they say it. And I don't know if they just don't care or, or what it is that makes them go in that direction, but it is always hilarious to see some of these names come out of their mouth.
1: I think it's probably because they, like, I don't, it, it is just weird because you know, they're around their parents, they're around the moms. They hear the moms call them probably or when they need to come to the phone or whatever. But it's, it is one of those really strange things that coaches never really care to learn exactly how to say a kid's name. Like Bobby Jack Wright was probably the worst at it that I ever remember.
2: When you just refer to guys as, you son of a bitch, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. Dummy. I 30, actually. 34, get over here. I actually,
1: uh, last weekend, I went down to the Kings of Leon concert uh, in Dallas. Is and that a drink? What's that? Is oh, that is, is a drink. She, yes, that's, I think that's, a, that's a drink. A drink. Yeah. But the reason, I I'm, actually have a reason for bringing this up. I took Louis Baker with me. Uh, he'd contacted me about a month ago. We, we'd kind of just been talking back and forth. And so I just called and said, Hey, I am coming down for this concert. If you want to go, let me know. And literally, we were sitting out in the parking lot. At one, it was 1.30 in the morning. Sharing a split. This is at Fair Park. no. <laughs> Uh, I still have never smoked the dope to this day. <laughs> Not that I'm opposed to it. I just I haven't like done that none it. None of
0: yet. the three of the rest of us dive in on that topic.
1: Yeah, I know you boys plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, and but literally, he told Bobby Jack Wright and Brett Bauer stories for about thirty oh, minutes man. until I realized nice. we're at Fair Park at one thirty in the morning <laughs> on a Thursday night. Nothing good can come of this. We need to leave. We need
2: to
3: get those recorded. Except for a Brett Bauer story.
2: But
1: he, I mean, he just thought, like, he, uh, like, he said, Bobby Jack's right. right's biggest problem was that he would just yell at you. He would never tell you how to get better or what you needed to be doing. He just expected <laughs> you to do it or he would yell at you. And one time, he thought he would be helpful because he was remember there was that time when Lewis was kind of back and forth between safety and linebacker? Mm-hmm. And so Lewis kind of knew what they were supposed to be doing when he'd been moved to linebacker, so he came back uh, to try and help the team. This is like such a bad story to hear now. He came back to help his teammates, like, okay, you need to be doing this and doing that and doing that. And so the next time they had to stop practice and Bobby Jack had to yell, he was just like, You're a bunch of idiots, you know, you're never in the right damn place. And and he goes, goes, you guys need to figure it out, or we can get Lewis, Mr. Smarty Pants, to come back here and explain everything to you. It's just like, my God,
2: what kind of a monster are you? No wonder they weren't getting better.
3: (laughs) Damn it, you helping my players improve? Get out of here. (laughs) What? Didn't Bobby Jack land RJ Washington though? Wasn't that his? Oh, he
1: was really good. At one
3: time he
0: was oh,
3: yeah. one of OU's best recruiters. Tony, Tony Rufus Jefferson, Alexander. Maybe? Wasn't Tony Jefferson one of
0: his too? Kerry, would you say Bobby Jack was the best like throwback coach like a Switzer era type coach? Oh yeah.
1: Without it. But mean, mean, could I mean, just
0: I mean tell like stories that I mean, was good to talk to. Kevin yeah. Wilson.
2: Kevin Wilson's up there, I think.
1: Every once in a while I just stop Bobby Jack in the middle of and he always hated me for it because he, he yelled at me one time. He was like, you're always interrupting me. But like, he'd, he'd say things like, you know, uh, he's just got his dauber down. we got to get him back up. And I'd, I'd say, what's a dauber and how's it get down? And he just thought that was hilarious. But he thought getting your dauber down was a really dirty term. And it, I don't think it really is.
3: Your butt's the dauber? Is that what I...
1: I think your dauber is just your confidence. Actually, no, it got it was a big thing on the board for a while. People researched it. It had something to do with a wasp. What? Like their stinger yeah, or something. okay, I remember that. You remember now. that?
0: Yeah. Some vaguely, people were saying yeah. it meant
2: your dick in the dirt. It's actually on uh, Urban Dictionary. I don't always trust them. It just says someone who is depressed about something menial. Look up Alabama Hot Pocket while you're there. I've... Done it. I did it don't. two weeks hal- ago. You've
3: done an Alabama Hot Pocket? No, I've, I've looked at it. <laughs> I've looked at it.
1: Don't look it up. I don't know
2: what it is. Especially, look it up.
1: especially if you have a weak stomach.
2: thought we looked it up. Uh, no, I oh, think I Shin was here stomach. when we looked it up.
0: Oh, okay. That was the one that you
2: missed, John. That
1: was our best podcast ever. That makes sense.
0: When Joe oh, wasn't
3: here. Man. Makes complete sense. Carrie
0: is so passive, aggressive, mean to Joe sometimes. I am it's really just, mean to Joe. I just have to be mean to somebody.
3: It's it's really cold <laughs> in this spot because it's always shade coming from Carrie this way. Yeah. <laughs> Joe oh. still gets
1: paychecks. He knows yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. but
3: those checks still cash. The the Alabama Hot Pocket, huh? All right.
1: Don't read it. No. we okay. the podcast is not <laughs> We're not going there unless you want to be bleep for the second time in history on this podcast.
3: I'll save you the work. But I'm I'm making a mental note.
1: Don't go home and tell your wife I told you about that either. Oh no! I don't need wives hating me. No, this
3: this stays in uh, the circle of trust.
1: All right, except everybody <laughs> except, <laughs> except, except for the 13 year old that's listening to this somewhere in Tuscaloosa.
3: Do we have a? Uh, do we have like a thing that says? Hey, you have to be a certain age, or are we just... Cool? Oh, it's called
1: Copa. That's what's going on with Silicon Valley. Yeah, that's right what, now. that's,
3: that's <laughs> what I thought of it. I just saw that episode. <laughs> so are we clear?
2: <laughs> no, Yahoo is smart about Copa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, season is good so far. I will say it's been really Silicon good. Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Say, I haven't seen the
1: final, the finale of Billions yet, but it the next to the last one was fantastic.
2: I think. Uh, I think I'm gonna start watching that. I haven't. It's really I haven't great. got into it, but I think I'm going. It to. would be. I.
1: I would enjoy watching that as. Uh, as a uh,
3: binge, I might do that binge because it's watching. so.
1: It's kind of like House of Cards. It's mm-hmm. like because it's so heavy on financial stuff and trading mm-hmm. and, and and the U.S. Attorney's office. It's a little heavy. Like it's not just like Silicon Valley is just like very light and funny. Yeah, and like Veep is the same way. Like it's fun to to binge a little bit. Game of Thrones is. It's almost a mistake to binge Game of Thrones because there's so much stuff you yeah. forget. Like I'm gonna have to go rewatch the end of last season before the next season starts.
3: Yeah, and you can't rewatch old seasons. You kind of just have to go one season of rewatching a Game of Thrones. You can't go. You can't try to start at season one and try to come all the way back. Couldn't be done. I
1: watched it all in a week, the entire show. Yeah. Holy cow! That was my vacation last summer.
3: Did it help you retain stuff, or was it harder that way?
1: It's harder to retain yeah. stuff. I, there's, people talk about it, and I'm like, I don't remember that. Plus, during staycations, I'm usually drinking heavily. That doesn't help.
0: So, Billion sounds right up my alley. What is billions? I guess I... Okay, I, I there's the
1: two main characters. Paul Giamatti is a guy named uh, Charles... Um, uh, I, I, it's, uh, and then it has uh, the guy from... Is it Damien Lewis? Yeah, from Band of Brothers. From Band of Brothers that was okay. the main character. And then he was in Homeland a lot. Uh, and he is this billionaire trader uh, named uh, Bobby Axelrod. Chuck Rhodes is who Paul Giamatti So Paul Giamatti is the, the uh, U.S. attorney or okay. attorney general for the district. And he's always trying to nab uh, you know all these trading firms for insider trading. And so he and Chuck, Ro- Chuck Rhodes and Bobby Axelrod. And Chuck Rhodes' wife is the uh, firm psychologist at the, at the trading company, at Bobby Axelrod's company. So there's all kind of layers and connections. It's just really good.
0: I like it. I, that, that sort of stuff, I don't know why I'm always into it. I, one of my favorite books I've read in a long time was um, one of the Enron books. Like, I'm, I'm that guy. So uh, yeah, totally I watched that, that
1: documentary on Enron. It was a, it's kind of a tough watch, but it was interesting. Love Enron. the
0: the one I read. Do You love called... Enron? Yeah, the <laughs> bastards that they were.
2: Yeah, I want to get involved in some illegal trading like that.
0: Oh, the the, the one I read is called Conspiracy of Fools. And I don't want to go into the whole thing, but like the guy basically just through all these series of interviews. It's a guy named Kurt Eikenwald. Um, he wrote the. The informant, the one with Matt Damon, where he's just a complete idiot and he keeps screwing up all these FBI like yeah, investigations. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the, in the Iowa, set in Iowa or movie. something. What's that? Isn't that set
1: in Iowa or something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he worked for some um, ag firm in in, um, in Iowa, but anyway, he did so many interviews and stuff. He basically like recreated conversations and it, like stuff that would happen in board meetings and stuff. At Enron, and that—that's what it is. The, the entire book is not like a, well, this happened on July 30th. Like it was like you were in the room as they're going over this this meeting, and it's just insane some of the stuff that Enron thought was just going to be okay. Well, I would add
1: Better Call Saul too. It's it's with Gus Frang oh, being in it now. It's been fantastic, and I, I'm not caught up on that one either. I, the last one I watched is when when she got his brother to admit that. There was a, a duplicate tape.
3: The best part about that show isn't even Saul; it's Mike. When you, you watch that, every time I watch Better Call Saul, I'm always more excited about the Mike Ehrmantraut storyline than the Saul one. He's
1: such a—I mean—and I'm a curmudgeon, but he's such a curmudgeon.
3: <sighs> Mike's a badass. That, I mean, he—it's so like cool. you know—he
1: sees all the angles. Yeah. And he doesn't deal. He doesn't want to deal with your shit.
0: Yep. He—he's the definition of grizzled.
3: He was willing to kill. Jesse, and what was that season three? Oh, spoiler alert! But who then became his best <laughs> friend? But he then took under his wing because he saw how bad Walt was for him. You know, he's a good guy. But he's but he's a realistic guy. He doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, get ungrounded. Then
1: Landry Clark killed his girlfriend. Was it Landry Clark that killed her?
3: Who's Landry Clark from Friday Night Lights? Oh, see, I haven't seen that show yet. My God, how do you work for us? Friday Night Lights is magic. I don't think Eddie's seen it. I've seen the movie.
2: Eddie, you've not seen Friday Night Lights, a TV show. Nah, I don't really care for it. I think, I think, because any right. any good coach would got his ass fired after the first season when they when <laughs> get to the state semis or whatever. Coach uh, job what's his evaluations
1: name? directly after
0: the podcast.
2: What's his name, uh, Coach? What uh, Taylor? Coach Taylor. Yeah. And Tammy Taylor's I, wife. F him. I don't think he's going good. If you hear coach. clear
0: eyes and full hearts and don't want to run through a wall, like I, I don't know what to say to you. Like that's just I've watched I've whatever. watched
2: episodes. I just haven't watched all of it.
1: The murder season is really bad. But other that, than that, yeah. they're all magical. And then Michael B. Jordan. You get Michael B. Jordan.
2: I don't really care for him either. Oh my
1: God. Okay, let's start talking about recruiting, or else I'm gonna fire everybody. <laughs> uh so I know there's all kinds of panic about pretty much everything. We haven't we haven't gotten past the panic of the decommitments yet. the 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 woe is me is still very strong on the board, and I think the quarterback situation proves that with Martinez and then going out and, and uh, putting another offer out there. But Josh, just kind of fill us in. Uh, Cameron Rising goes to Texas. We talked about that on the last podcast and. Uh, The coaches were scrambling to kind of find another candidate. They found one, and now people are concerned that they're moving on from their second choice. So so kind of catch us up to where OU's recruiting uh, of quarterbacks is right now.
0: Well, the second guy you mentioned, the first offer they made after Cameron Rising's decommitment was Adrian Martinez from the Fresno area, a guy that I like a lot on tape. I thought there was not a real noticeable drop off between himself and rising I thought Oklahoma could win a lot of games they Martinez I thought he's a little different than rising but very good but as and really at the time of the offer and even even as of a few days ago there was a lot of groundswell that Oklahoma was going to be where he would end up and I think that was a lot based on just Oklahoma's track record at quarterback Oklahoma's track record in Fresno and it was just going to find a way to work itself out well just some conversations I've had in the last 24 hours it sounds like maybe that's not the case, and kind of the first indication that I got that maybe I needed to check around some more on it was uh, yesterday. Eddie found a tweet that Oklahoma had gone by Waco Midway uh, to see, you know, to presumably see Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback. That's you know, got Baylor, Kansas State. I mean, he, he's got some good, you know, mid-level offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that superstar, you know, uh, offer until a few days ago when Georgia offered him. Well, then, last night, about 10 o'clock, word got out that Oklahoma had offered him as well. And I, you know, just based on the comment we've always heard from Lincoln Riley, and it's something I know Joe's talked about a lot, I know we've just talked about a lot as a group, is Riley wants to focus on his one guy, get his guy, and then start moving on, you know, to whatever other positions he needs to help his offensive staff with, and on to the next class of quarterback recruiting. He, he wants to get that squared away as quickly as possible. Well, I think what's going to end up happening here is Oklahoma wants Martinez either in the boat or out of the boat, and he's not going to, I don't think he's going to commit to Oklahoma until he can take a trip to Oklahoma. Well, that won't be until the fall when he could take an official visit. I just don't think it's within his means to do right now. So I think he's going to end up picking Tennessee in all likelihood, and then I think Oklahoma is going to have to push for Tanner Mordecai. If that doesn't work out, Move on to the next guy because, in spite of what people think, Oklahoma needs a quarterback in this class. It, it, it could get really bad really fast if they don't get one.
1: Yeah, if you have if you have an Austin Kendall transfer out, and then exactly uh, then then Kyler Murray wins the job, and he's sitting in there for three years, and Chris Robinson says, "Hey, I want to try something else." So yeah, then all of a sudden you are sitting there without a backup again.
2: It's just interesting it, how that works out, though. With, I mean, because I, I think a lot of people will look at that as them saying. We would rather take a lesser quarterback just to say that we have one in the class.
1: But I, I mean, I look. You cannot discount the fact that Sam Bradford won a Heisman Trophy as their second choice at quarterback.
2: No, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that the Mordecai kid is bad by any means. I just, I think it's funny that, that that's how people, some people will perceive it is that they're going out and saying no to a a highly touted four star kid when if they just waited possibly they could Oh, you're get saying it. people are mad for not waiting. Right, right, yeah. right.
0: Well, like we've talked about guys, quarterback recruiting is so different than any other position out there. It's very unique in the way it's handled. You know, quarterbacks kind of understand the game. Quarterback coaches like Lincoln Riley, they know what it's like. They they know, you know, quarterbacks kind of it's not coincidence that almost always the top 3 or 4 guys commit pretty early on. And then everybody else kind of falls in place. Like Trevor Lawrence committed to Clemson months and months ago. Cam Rising was in with Oklahoma. You know, I mean, you go down the list, Matt Corral with USC. These aren't coincidences because then the other schools recruiting those guys, well, they all move on to the second group and they move on to the third. I mean, this is just the way it evolves. So I I think that's just the reality. And people wanting Oklahoma to just wait for Adrian Martinez, that's a risk, man. That's a big gamble because if you still lose out on him, then Tanner Mordecai could have jumped on you know, board with Baylor and have built a great relationship there. And if you think he's your next best option, well then forget about playing C, you've moved on to D. And at that point, you're, you're really talking about guys that you're going to have to make a big projection with. With Mordecai, I don't think he's on Martinez's level. He's certainly not on Rising's level in my opinion. But he's a guy that Oklahoma can win football games with. I mean, he, he does a lot of good things. He's just a guy that's not gonna jump out at you on film is overwhelmingly physically gifted.
3: Josh, does this mean Casey Thompson's name isn't coming up in those talks anymore? Is that has that door completely shut with him or or is there any possibility
0: that opens up again, that relationship? I don't know if shut's the right way to say it, because I don't think there's any sore feelings, you know, really from Thompson's side. I know there's not from Oklahoma's. I, I think it's just more a matter of let's just let this all cool off, see kind of how things, you know, happen going forward because, you know, Texas was still recruiting the Tanner McKee kid, which led to Casey Thompson going on a Twitter rant about a week ago, unfollowing myself and several other recruiting reporters that he's known forever. So there's some, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question that he's a little frustrated about the situation. And I think it's, it's led to some, some strange things, but I don't think he's mad at Oklahoma and I still think that door could be open if things fell right for him and OU. Huh.
1: He wasn't following me so I guess I couldn't if I did piss him off I I wouldn't know.
0: I and the, and the funny thing was like I said he kind of went on that rant about, you know, oh, I'm getting all these questions and blah blah blah. And I was well, I the one that tweeted a out the in stuff. Like a week.
1: I was the, I was the one that tweeted out the stuff about, you know, that article. About bringing in another kid, and then yeah, I, you're right. He went on that rant about he's a, he's a Mormon. He's not going to be here for two more years, and the whole time he was he was tweeting that stuff. I was just like, dude, it's it's obvious you're not happy. You've got you've got options. I mean, like, you're mad at somebody, and I don't think it's I don't think it's anybody in the media. I think
2: you're you're mad at Texas. Oh, I'm sure that he probably I don't know. Sure he but has he's some playing it in small. his ears I mean, as well. Why would he
0: yell at the coaches if that's where he wants to go cuz then he's, you know, he's putting himself behind the eight ball.
1: Uh, there's such a long way to go. I, I, just I don't, mean, I don't see what any- happens if Bouchelle has a great year and, you know, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Tom Herman, look what he did at Ohio State with three different quarterbacks in one year. It's not out of the realm of possibility to think that Shane Bouchel could have a really good year with him as his coach. What if that happens?
0: Well, what does Cameron Rising do then? We saw last year, and compare that to the guy you saw as a freshman that I think was Big Ten Player of the Year that year under Tom Herman.
1: You talking about you talking about J T Barrett?
0: Yeah, J T Barrett when he was a freshman set like the Ohio State uh, was it yardage or touchdowns record? I think was Big Ten Player of the Year or something, and then came back had a pretty good sophomore year. And then last year was... Other than okay. the Oklahoma game, he was a mess. Yeah, I mean, look at that Clemson game. He was awful.
1: Yeah, their offense, their passing offense completely fell apart last year. Which but, I'm sure Kevin Wilson will come in there and make them, you know, give him a lot more safe throws to make, move the pocket, use his athleticism, do more zone read stuff. I mean, I, I would think it's going to look like a very different offense this year that Oklahoma faces. With J.T. Barrett and Kevin Wilson,
3: uh, do you think that's a bit of an advantage for Oklahoma? I mean, Bob Stoops has to understand Kevin Wilson's offensive philosophy,
1: but they never ran his you know, Northwestern offense here. They they were going to with Rhett Bomar, but it was just like, you know, year after you know when when they kicked Bomar off the team, and then they had to kind of simplify it for Paul Thompson and make it a very power eye, you know, play action pass offense, and then with Sam Bradford. That's when they started the no huddle stuff, but Sam Bradford is not like JT Barrett. He could he knew he could throw the ball 50 times a game if he needed to with Sam Bradford and he had DeMarco Murray. So I it, it Indiana, I'm sure, you know, he kind of kept doing the same thing which was uh, you know, a lot of snaps, uh, you know, a quarterback that threw the ball a lot. They had a good running game. I think with JT Barrett, he's going to be probably more like he's he's been at Northwestern than he's been anywhere since he came to Oklahoma.
3: That's going to be a big time football game in Columbus, by the way. There's going to be some, I mean, Bob Stoops, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, Kevin Wilson, <laughs> Mike Stoops, Greg Schiano. That that game's going to be as big of a, a non conference road game as OU's ever had under Bob Stoops. Blah. You not into it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you
2: want me to cancel your plane ticket? Uh, no. I just. I I personally hope that Urban Meyer's not around to see it, but he gonna have another heart attack. I mean, he won't be spending time with his family. We know that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let me let's hit a little bit more on recruiting uh,
1: because spring evaluations have been going on. Coaches have been out on the road. Uh, Josh, what's kind of the overall takeaway of the last couple of weeks for you?
0: I think it's, you know, to me, you look at all the new offers that have gone out and some of what Oklahoma's doing, almost unanimously defensive. You know, secondary linebacker, defensive line. Not as much on the defensive line. You've seen some JUCO guys, and I think that's that's an interesting storyline from the perspective of the guys they've offered, uh, two of the three of them are definitively interior defensive line. I think Jacob Goldwire... I think there's a chance he, he could play a different. Uh, he could play as a outside guy in certain settings. But I, I, for all the talk that I heard that Jordan Kelly was going to be it and that was going to be done at defensive tackle, it sounds like Oklahoma has decided to soften on that, which I, I think is the right call. I yeah, think I we all that. agree yeah. you, you don't turn away talented big bodies if you can get them on campus. So I, I think that's what you're looking at. So I. I think that's interesting. I think at linebacker, I love the offers they've made, but it's just a, you know there's a couple in Georgia. There's one at you know, uh, I think it's Plantation Heritage and Florida, American Plantation or something like that. Um, American Heritage in Plantation. There we go. Um, Greg Bryant School. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you get all these the great offers, and I understand why Oklahoma's doing it. And I'm I'm not usually. I am one of those guys that is always for, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get if you don't send the offer out. But at the same time, I'm wondering if Oklahoma has some guys that they feel like, okay, these are our next steps because, like, Quinn Williams from Georgia, that guy is going to be really hard to pull out of Georgia. He's outstanding. Uh, the inside linebacker they offered from the Atlanta Tucker area, uh, Josh Harris, he is – I love him. I, I think he's a rival's 100 kid on tape. I, we've got him as a three-star but in all likelihood, he's going to Ohio State. He's going to follow Raquan McMillan. So it's just it's one of those things where I love the offers, I love the evaluations, but you've got to find some guys that are actually going to come.
1: Well, and and one of the big things that happened this week that you know a lot of people have talked about is just the 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 rules that have been passed recently, the the early signing day, um, and then the talk about you know visits for juniors, official visits for juniors. And Bob Stoops is kind of wary, I think, a little bit about that. But he definitely was in favor of the December signing period. We talked about it earlier. I think if anything the early signing period does is it helps you clear up your quarterback situation. If anything, it makes quarterback recruiting, to me, it would seem like it makes that more of an emphasis for every team in the country if, if it wasn't already. Because like you said, Josh, those guys, it's just different recruiting those guys. They all find their place and go to it.
0: Yeah, and I'm so tired of the, you know, this is one of the things I was like, if we get into it, I know I'm going to ran on it. But the talk of, well, this could be bad for the players. How is this bad for the players? They, They either get a letter of intent sent to them or they know where they stand. You know that, you know what, we're not entirely sure we're ready to take you, or, hey, here's your letter, sign it, we're going to be good to go, see you next summer. You know, th- there's just, I don't understand, it's like people have heard, oh, early signing period, so you have to sign. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to do anything. And, and so this idea that, oh, it's going to leave a lot of kids out, in the, how? Like, you're not. You're just going to know earlier what your situation is than instead of waiting till the last week of January where you have to figure it out. Look at you know the the situation everybody saw about Jacob Phillips. If this exists last year, there's a pretty good chance Jacob Phillips is an Oklahoma's 2017 class. I mean, LSU's relationship with him was incredibly, uh, I guess, small. You would say at that point in time, like they were still. Trying to get their foot in the door because that Orgeron had just been hired. Or, or so, or Josh,
3: or Josh. He doesn't sign in December, and Oklahoma expects him to. But then there's a red flag for Oklahoma that okay, we can maybe start moving on to some other guys earlier. That gives the coaches at least also a, a place to know where they stand if they send out a letter to a committed guy and he doesn't sign it in December. They might say okay, well maybe we need to start moving on to other guys.
0: Joe, that's a that's a great point because you know it's something I reported you know, and I don't know if the public knows about it that much, but. Tyler Taylor quietly tried to commit to Oklahoma and Oklahoma kind of hemmed and hawed about taking it because they were afraid if they took him, it might run Jacob off and they had Jacob higher on their board. So if he doesn't sign in January or December, Phillips doesn't, you kind of get the picture. Maybe something's not right here. Maybe we need to take Tyler Taylor. Now, I still think Tyler Taylor probably verbally committed to four different schools but it's still, you don't have to, you can act like you're gung-ho about it rather than we're not sure what to do.
3: It's just more choices. Who doesn't want more choices? I, I really don't understand the backlash either. It's more choices for everybody, kids and coaches.
0: It's been good for the junior college ranks. I don't know why the high school kids are so different. Or To me, the people that bring that up are the guys that are listening to coaches at, at programs like Oklahoma's that you know Oklahoma doesn't want those kids to sign early with you know uh, the Kansas States of the World or the Iowa States cuz they may want to come back in later and try to offer them if they miss out on Jacob Phillips. They can go in and try to take that guy, but if he's already signed, well that that option's not open to them anymore. So I certainly get why big, you know, the big fish programs like OU and Ohio State and Texas why they aren't going to love that, but at the same time I'm always more interested in the kid, and I think it forces schools to be more clear about where they stand with you than kind of this, oh, we'd love to have you, coach, do I have a committable offer? Well, we'd love to have you. I mean, like, you get these conversations where coaches, and it's just their game. I'm not blaming the coaches. It's the world they live in, but they have to be as ambiguous as possible. And 17- or 18-year-old kids that have never been in those situations – they have no idea how to navigate that.
1: I I think with everything, there's going to be unintended consequences. I mean, I I, I could see you know situations where if you ha- if you are a major school and you have a bad year, having that signing day is not going to be a good thing because kids that might have been committed, you're going to have other staffs going in and saying, "Hey, look at what's going on there. You you should probably hold off." And but the part of it is, it's like. Any panic over it to me is ridiculous because college basketball has been doing this for a while. It hasn't. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Bob Stoops and other people will go to college basketball coaches and say, Hey, how have you dealt with this? You know, how do you, how do you, how have you taken advantage of an early signing period versus a late? But I think in the end, the kids that like the attention are not going to sign early, even if they're committed, they'll, they'll wait until the national signing day as it's been known uh, but I, I just think there's going to be Some things that we can't even see That, that are going to be problems And there's things that we can't see That are that are
2: going to be bonuses My dream situation of all of this Is going to be the kid that Could have signed in December But waited And then come February 8th Or whatever it is Got booted because they Doesn't have a spot because He waited too long i got processed basically oh, I'm gonna, I just will love it <laughs> I will love it Sorry kid you're headed to SNU well, if it's somebody that's like, getting processed <laughs> by
1: Alabama, they're not going to Southern Nazarene.
2: All right, you're going to UAB. <laughs> 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 Eddie's going to have like a game show. The laugh. <laughs> It'd be so funny. It's going to be awesome.
1: You should start a, a website, you know, like a losertracker.com or something.
2: Like kids that just screw themselves over.
1: I'm sure there are sites like that for other things.
2: The smoking gun, is that one of those? Maybe I could get Parrish Cobb to run it from inside the
3: prison. It's like the Darwin Awards just for recruiting.
2: Yeah. I
1: haven't uh, I haven't checked out that arrest site recently to see
2: if... Well, he's if, on a pretty uh, good run. They haven't had anybody arrested in like two months. See if Chris Robinson has been knocked off a of page two yet. I'm sure he has. I'm sure somebody was selling... what. It is that time of year.
1: Well, it's finals. We're going to start racking it's up. It's
3: finals week right now. So, probably this weekend, you might see. Well,
1: everybody goes up. home. It's the first weekend when kids come back when all the trouble starts.
2: And that's usually what? The first week like of June? July
1: or June, right? Yeah, June 7th around there, yeah. usually. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't, you guys are right. There's, it's too early to wring your hands about anything with this stuff
2: it is going to be interesting to see what the outcry is with the specific timing of it. Cause I do think that it is going to be tough come December 20th through the 22nd, especially with Christmas coming up, teams are going to be breaking for, uh, you know, the teams that play after Christmas are going to probably break, let their kids go home for Christmas for a couple of days. So it's going to be interesting just to see how all that affects. I don't know. I, I You'll have some,
1: you'll have some recruiting weekends. that will be planned around that. If people are smart.
2: Or like that first weekend in December, I guess we'll now be really, really busy for uh, for kids that are done with their high school season, not playing in state championships or anything. That will want to take like, I guess, yeah, like the like I would I would think like Bedlam weekend would be a a huge recruiting weekend now, even though it already is. Yeah. But to make that final push.
0: Well, well and it, then the, I'm sorry. You go throw ahead, in, go. in like, oh, you will do their banquet weekend usually that last weekend after finals. Mm-hmm. And that'll, that's that'll always become a big, a big, big too, official. They get to be around, yeah, they get to be around all the, the kind of pomp and circumstance.
2: I'm trying to think of... Because they need a... I mean, I, I've, I'm i in full agreement that they need an early signing period. I was just surprised that the time that they picked it.
1: It is... I mean, it is interesting because, like, you always... Like, Bob never likes playing that... He likes having that... Not now they'll have the Big 12 championship game, but... Other people who aren't in that get a, get a little head start in recruiting. Yeah. And he's never really liked that. So you add, now that you're doing in homes with kids and you have kids coming to campus for official visits, that's a really, that's going to be a delicate balancing act
3: also going to be right around Christmas, too, as Josh pointed out. Bowl prep will be going on. That's, that's a that's a busy time for everybody. That's going to be interesting to see what that date actually turns into. Does it turn into just a, a pseudo, like what National Signing Day is now, just moved up where all that chaos moves with it? Or is it kind of more of a calm, okay, just the guys that are committed sign it, and the coaches don't make a big deal about making these pushes? But I if think I, I know be, coaches, it's probably the opposite. I think
1: that the, the initially it'll be a huge day on rivals. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it'll, both days will be huge for rivals. Like the mainstream media, like in-state, if you sign a five-star kid on that day or something, it'll be a big deal. I mean, it'll, it'll make the news just like, you know, a regular season Thunder game, kind of. I mean...
3: Yeah, but will you have coaches going crazy working the phones all night, or will they just be resigned to the fact of, we got the guys we got, and they might call, you know, call to confirm that they're going to sign and stuff, but they're not going to be trying to make a bunch of people switch during that early signing period. Oh, I bet they will. If you're, they're doing their job, they will. There's going to be so many like, just hold off on signing. Just wait. Don't sign. That kind of stuff, maybe. There'll That's be
1: good. a lot of kids that are just like, I can't do this. I, I can't sign yet.
2: There's going to be so many athletic departments. like uh, There's social media teams with like so many just horrible, horrible, shitty Christmas puns and stuff about <laughs> recruiting and Big present, big present on, uh, big present. From- Unwrap your gifts
0: early. <laughs> oh
2: God,
1: it's gonna. Okay, be Okay,
0: I to say I'm gonna set the over under. We'll we'll just do big twelve teams, the ten of them. We will set the over under at six. Of them have something about Christmas come early, either in the headline or in the lead paragraph.
1: Well, here's what. Well, here's what. <laughs> here's another thing, leading up to the. It, it would, it's been a topic of discussion because of. The talking penis, Paul Feinbaum. Um It's going to be interesting because the Big Twelve now, not just draft picks and you know five stars and top one hundred, you're going to see a lot of the Big Twelve lagging behind major conferences in number of early signees. That's going to become a thing. Now. I was just getting ready to say, like, there's, there's SEC is going to have like oh the SEC signed forty percent of the 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 rivals, you know. 200 in the early signing period. The Big
2: 12 only had three. There's going to be... So, I mean, there's only like three or four teams probably from the Big 12 that can even claim early.
1: OU, Texas, Oklahoma State will get some. And TCU.
2: I, get I, I TCU's get not a huge recruit. I, mean, ba- not- I could see Baylor before TCU. The yeah, way, TCU's
1: way that not- Baylor's doing it right now. TCU's just not a, a sexy recruiting... Uh, Class, I mean, kind of place. I, I don't mean, feel
3: like they. I know what you're saying, but I don't. Feel, I don't feel like they get a, a deep class every year. But I feel like every year they get a couple guys, a couple of really good guys with good offers that just just latch on there for some reason. They just either like staying in Dallas, but they're just TCU guys from the beginning. I've been more oh. impressed
2: with what Baylor's done than what TCU's done in the last two three years, and that's even with a. Ooh, I almost said a bad word. A sex scandal down in Waco. I almost said f sex <laughs> scandal.
0: Ooh. Well, I mean, we can't bleep close. things out. Just you know, mad. would, would have anybody have been shocked? if You know, I, I think it's still one of the bigger upsets ever that Joe was the first bleep. So, you know, first I don't think be really shocked that Eddie would have been the next.
2: It's coming one of these days. That's, but, I mean... And as as you, soon as we start talking about Tom Herman, I'll probably say a couple F-balls.
1: But the, the the whole thing about this is, it is one more thing, especially for the OU fan base, to get upset about about being in this conference. I mean, look... I said it on the boards as soon as all that Feinbaum stuff. There is a grant of rights till 2025. Now, can OU, would they do something to try and get out of it? Yes, I think they would. I think they've researched it. But something, there has to be a tipping point. And right now, it's just empty talk. I mean, the, you know, would they go to... I, yes, I think David Bourne wants to go to the Big Ten if they go somewhere. But you look at the way things are going... It's a good time maybe not to go because with what's going on at ESPN and subscription rates I mean Josh I don't know if the SEC or the Big 10 are going to do any they talk about how all these revenues are growing and they're getting this from their TV deals that stuff's going to go down too like those those bubble. those te- that, that is it's in the bubble right now those dollar figures that the SEC network is bringing in and the Big Ten network is; those aren't going to keep going up,
3: especially well, especially if athletes oh, start dude. getting sorry if, if athletes athletes are getting more and more rights, more and more money. That money is going to come out of things like TV deals and things like that that uh, these schools get and as those things go down. It's it's just going to be. I, don't, I feel like these things are kind of in a bubble right now, where college football is at its peak. It, it's it's it can't get bigger than it is now before it pops from a television perspective. No. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, they're gonna have to find. I mean, Nick Saban making eleven million dollars a year, like, they they It's like anything else, and it's it's the same problem that e, that how ESPN got themselves into this. They thought there was an unlimited amount of college football interest, and it's just not the case. Like, you can't. They've just oversaturated that market, and now everybody's gonna react. Well, the dollars are gonna start to react too. So every coach that went that won eight games in the MAC isn't suddenly going to get $5 million a year in the SEC. That's just not going to happen, and that these things will start regressing a little bit. And like you said, that's going to filter down to all sorts of other things. You know, and you brought up Feinbaum, and I heard him this morning, um, and I can't remember what show. It was on... uh a serious air you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything more asinine than him talking about I don't know if you guys heard this direct quote. He was like, I have no doubt if oh, OU could leave right now, they want to go to the SEC. I, I think of the three major conferences that seem plausible, I think that would be Boren's last choice.
3: Definitely. For David it would Horn's be his last
1: yeah. choice, but I don't think it would be Joe Castiglione or Bob Stoops' last choice. Because the Pac-12, they're a disaster when it comes to television stuff. I mean, they're they're almost bankrupt with their TV network. And... Like I know someone who went out there for a visit just to go to their studios, and they said it was like Valhalla, like it was immaculate. Like their 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 initial impression when they walked in was this place is going under. Like there's too much opulence. (laughs) Like, and they're not. I mean, we know Josh. We've talked about this for years and years. I mean, the passion for college football on the West Coast is pathetic. And now that you got two teams in L.A. I don't know what the passion for USC football... Well, they've got to get good first, right. but USC has been the only outlier in that. And Oregon seats 40,000 people. I mean, come on. And I doubt there are... I, I mean, don't know. There, I, I there
0: mean, are outliers. Like, Washington's pretty good when it's good.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you the, know, you're but you're still right. Seattle. I mean, star,
0: you're absolutely right.
1: Seattle is, is a Seahawks town now.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're, right. They, you're need, right. they need a shining star that... That conference does. And it's been USC. I think Washington has that capability. They have a few schools that have that capability, but right now they have nobody carrying that mantle. And when it's like that, that intention. It's not Arizona. It's not Arizona State. Sure, sure is. And it's not Utah. It's not Colorado. It's not going to be any of those schools. So I, I don't see how the Pac 12 has that shining school. Oklahoma has the benefit in the Big 12 of being that school. And I've said it before. Maybe you just be the be Miami in the Big East back in the day. Just have the easiest conference schedule ever. But your team is great, and the national media respects you. You, and you just you win. A, you have a tough out of conference game every year, and you deal with that, and you run through your your conference schedule. Then at the end, you you should be right there undefeated, one loss.
0: The but problem see, is that's, that's so different. Miami like Miami doesn't have to leave their own city to supply all their talent. Yeah, like, the, 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 that's the, a good point. It's so different, and I know what you're saying, Joe. Like I get the idea. But it's hard to sell kids on coming to a conference where if Texas will get their crap together, you're probably going to play one nationally televised game, maybe two a year. Right. Now, you, you just, you're just you going to be on regional games because nobody gives a crap about Baylor, even when Baylor's in the top ten. Nobody cares about TCU even when they're in the top ten. That's why they got left out of the playoff mm-hmm. three years ago because nobody cares about those two programs. You have two-name programs, and if one of them isn't where they need to be, it screws the entire conference. That, that's a great point, Josh, but I
3: will say the way to counter that is if there is a void in Texas and a void in California, Oklahoma can fill those voids, and right now there's there's a void in both. And that, it, that's, it, true. that's true. Oklahoma needs to jump on that opportunity, and really, I mean, 2017 is a great start, and you hope that 2018 gets better if you're Oklahoma. But those are two areas. If you can start locking down some big names out of Texas and California, you can maybe make yourself the school west of the Mississippi. You know,
2: I, I, I think that void in Texas though is closing. As I mean, right, yeah. minute by minute, as as each commitment that yeah. Tom Herman in Texas gets, yep. uh, you know, I I'm just not I'm not surprised by the what they've done down in Austin. I mean, I think it's very easy if you're a good recruiter to be able to sell the University of Texas and and what they want to re- try and rebuild, but. You know, I I do think that Oklahoma fans should be cautious about it because I do think that Texas eventually is going to be better. They can't can't be horseshit for the next 15 years like they have been for the last eight.
0: Yeah. Comparing recruiting Texas to the guy at the bar that has the best game is the stupidest crap I've ever heard. Like Texas walks into the bar and is fat, drunk and stupid, and they're still going to go home with the hottest girls because (laughs) they're Texas. Like there's there's nothing I'm not saying Tom Herman is an excellent recruiter. I'm not saying that that will be the case with this staff. But Charlie Strong went to one what one bowl game in three years and two years ago had a top 10 recruiting class and closed like a monster on signing day. Like, don't tell it me you, you've got to have great game to recruit to Texas. Like, don't be completely idiotic and you're going to be fine.
2: It happens. But I will also say it, it helps when you uh, put the ambient in the girl's drink when she's not looking as well. Oh, don't
1: say that. I'm, oh,
2: my God. That's basically what Tom Herman's doing right now.
3: Is this a metaphor? Yeah. yeah okay. don't, don't say,
2: like, uh, okay. <laughs>
3: Um, oh, we by sure the way, we, I,
1: I'm going to add a couple of things to the unofficial uh, 40 drinking game because it's happened twice today, and I've giggled in, on the inside like a 12-year-old boy. Any mention of filling holes or filling yeah. voids? I think Eddie talked about filling holes early in the podcast. There was
3: somebody who said a wrong hole. I think Josh
1: might have said I slipped it in the wrong Didn't hole Any talk earlier. of holes or voids? I think that should be a drink. Uh, but uh, here's the thing expansion, conference realignment, whatever. I don't know how much OU is looking at this, but I, gotta, I have to think now that they've gone through season ticket renewals, they have to be asking themselves this question, which is how in years where we do not have a premier non-conference opponent, what do we really have to sell being in the Big 12? You look at the home schedule this year, UTEP, Tulane, Iowa State, Texas Tech, TCU, West Virginia. You've got people paying millions of dollars for suites to come see those six mm-hmm. games. Those are the games that the the rich people just decide to give their tickets to, you know, the lawn guy for.
2: Or their employees. Sure, yeah. Where'd you get your ticket? I'm a boss gave it to me. I'm Sitting over on the east side for the first time.
1: <laughs> but I... Look, you cannot keep throwing that schedule out there. And look, I'm not saying that Joe hasn't done a great job of non-conference. We all know they're they're playing Ohio State, for God's sake. But I'm just saying in years, unless you're going to have two premier non-conference games where they're staggered, where one of them's at home every
2: year, you've got a real problem selling the schedule. Which they did last year, and they were one and two, and there were not too many people happy about that. Yeah. And they'll say that as the excuse, but still, you, you've got to have,
1: you've got to have, you don't have a Nebraska coming in anymore. You don't have, you don't have, Nash, you know, long-time rivalries like Missouri or Colorado. I mean, you don't have that stuff. Texas A&M, I mean, that was a really good game usually. Every yeah. I and mean, they'd usually kick the shit out of Texas A&M and Norman, but.
3: They had good games in College Station. Yeah. And I've always said from a fan experience, the SEC is what every fan should be screaming for, because those games are going to be great. I mean, winning the national title is hard no matter where you are. You just you want a great experience as a fan. I mean, those those games, if Alabama come to town, Auburn come to town, LSU, going to those places that seat, you know, 80, 90, 100,000 people on a regular basis, that's something that happens to Oklahoma fans, you know, once a year now, maybe they get that experience, and you'd be getting it four, five, six times a year in the SEC. So just from an experience perspective, I— the SEC, if you're a fan, that that would be great. That that would be the the, the creme de la creme for you.
0: Okay, I, I want to make sure that I heard that right, Joe. You feel like for the fans, the bigger importance is the experience than I, winning a national title. I, I said the
3: difference of your 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 path to the national title is going to be so much slim. It's so difficult anyway that it can be done through the SEC. About, I mean, as, as they've won it once in the Big Twelve since 1999, so it hasn't been that easy in the Big Twelve, and you've had to sit through hours and hours and hours of crummy games have alabama come to town have those experiences remember those games you remember the 2014 sugar bowl more than so many other games even though it wasn't a national title game because of the opponent the experience the stakes the environment the team you're going against the fans that stuff that matters to me if i'm a fan hippie i'm a hippie sports fan, i should have got you
1: some pom-poms because he really his hand motions and everything Man. like he was
3: It's amazing I haven't knocked over my water yet doing these things. If you knock
1: over that water, I'm going to kill you. I
3: can't talk without using my hands. A lot of expensive equipment. Uh,
1: But yeah, I I think there's, like I said, I think there has to be a tipping point in order for Oklahoma to try and legal its way out of the grand rights and into another conference. And when you've got eight years left on your nine or seven years, whatever it's going to be, that's a lot of money that you're trying to eke, you know, back. Because let's say if you leave the grand, if you leave the Big Twelve Conference, the grant of rights means your media rights stay in the Big Twelve until 2025. That means every penny that you make goes back to the Big
2: Twelve in media. And just this might be a dumbass comment but just based off the of where we are financially in this state as a whole i can't imagine that you want to leave a whole bunch of money on the table right no no no. not at all And, and that's the other thing like
1: if oklahoma leaves in in reality this conference falls apart it's it's not worth it's not it's no longer a power five conference i don't think i mean well, let's say if Oklahoma in Texas leave. It's no longer a Power 5 conference. But they're going to bring in two teams even if it's freaking UAB and Louisiana Tech just to keep their grand rights together to get all your money.
2: I just it's kind of what you alluded to on the board Kerry, is that I it a two points. A this isn't none of this is going to happen before 2025, I don't think. And
0: I, or if
1: it
2: does, it's going to be a lot closer to 2025 than now,
0: right? Where you after 2020? Where you can? I think. You, yeah, I think 2020 it starts to become. Yeah, real after
1: real. 2020, maybe you go to the conference and you say, "Look, we are leaving in two years. You need to find a replacement, and we need to come up with some type of a settlement, right? So that we can do. Everybody this. can yeah. be happy about yeah. it. Yeah.
2: I don't. I don't know if David Boren's going to be around when these decisions are made. So I, 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 that's why I don't buy into the Big Ten thing, because I think that as a whole, he's probably him and maybe a couple administrators up there that are more on the academic side and the athletic side are, are pushing the Big Ten more than anywhere else. And then... Well,
1: probably, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty well known that David Bourne's closest donors are more... And his very closest people are more inclined to the academic side than the athletic right. side. And almost just wanna they wanna make sure the athletic side doesn't overpower the
2: academic side and embarrass them. Well, I'm glad we could got we I'm glad we got those donor uh, dorms built, though. They're looking good on Lindsay Street. Real, <laughs> real good. Uh the residential housing? Yeah, the residential housing. Blah. The other thing <laughs> if you start a Thread in the next couple months about conference realignment, and you start it with, "Well, Paul Feinbaum said, I don't. I stop reading after that. Yeah. So just that's just a word to the message board. I stop reading. I stop listening. I just turn everything off if Paul Feinbaum is brought up. Well, here's the thing too.
1: He is with the SEC network. That's his job. I I do believe that leaders in the SEC are telling him certain things that they want him to say. on the, I mean, what I'm saying is SC, the SEC is actively recruiting Oklahoma through, through Paul Feinbaum. I believe that's happening.
0: Agreed. Josh agrees. Yep. Through Paul Feinbaum? Yeah. That, he's he, their mouthpiece. He's I mean, a, he, there, there's no conference that has something like Paul Feinbaum that can just push their agenda all day every day
1: he is not he has too big of a uh footprint in that conference for for that conference not to give some blowback or pushback or just to tell paul feinbaum hey stop saying this stuff about oklahoma we don't want them yeah he absolutely has the blessing of people in the sec to throw out oklahoma like he's doing because they won oklahoma
2: i i I could see that i I, I definitely see that. I just think that it's very it's one-sided, I guess, is the best way to put it. Not saying that Oklahoma wouldn't be interested, not saying that it will never happen. I just think that it's very one-sided in that what you're saying, Kerry, and Josh, is that it's being pushed from the top. Well, 10. and I think
1: that's why David Bourne, not directly, but he, I think he's letting it known that the Big Ten is their preference because of this SEC Network stuff and Paul Feinbaum stuff.
3: Uh, the Stoops brothers and David Bourne aren't going to appreciate a message coming from Paul Feinbaum. They're, he's not the guy that I would send as my messenger.
0: No, he's none of this not this is coming from to OU. Yeah. He's trying to get fans and alumni and right. donors and that sort of because they all see SEC and think, well, perfect. You know that, that they don't. I think the SEC is an awful option for Oklahoma. I think, I think, I think it's a perfect one fit. conference. that makes sense. But that I, makes I
1: think it. it's a great fit. And I know you're, you're looking at it from recruiting and the sludge that's over there and that. But just for the fans, I'm with Joe. Like, the fan experience part of it, I love it.
2: We could have uh, had a whole segment on uh, Jim McElwain s- sitting on top of a, a shark naked. Banging a shark. What? Well, it kind of looks like it. It looks exactly like him. Oh, I definitely think it's him. I 100%. He was already
0: asked him. about it. Did you see how serious he was about that whole thing? I didn't. Like, he started off his press conference with, like, first and foremost, that was not me. Really, like, this is the first thing you need to cover. This is the base you had to get off your chest. That's not you naked on top of a shark. Like, then have some fun with it. Like, we're putting a team of investigators on. Like, have a laugh. Like, nobody thinks that's really you. Oh, I'd I'd scare you. Other than a crazy guy on the Sooner Scoop podcast that (laughs) believes the earth is flat.
2: (laughs) I definitely think it is him. (laughs) Tim Tebow can't even save him from this.
3: I mean, there's a resemblance for sure. There
0: is. I there get, is. That's what – yeah, play into it. I'm with John. Yeah, like just have a laugh. Like yeah. he – that, you know, and it's just something like you, we see it all the time. Like these coaches can't laugh about stuff. Like, dude, come on. Nobody really – again, aside from the crazies out there. Draymond Green I'm sure believes it too. But – that that that's actually him. So laugh about it. It's all right. Nobody's gonna freak out about this.
1: Gainesville's not that close to water, though. That's the thing. I'm sure he was. I mean, it's semi close, but it's there's no water.
0: Although every time Florida comes University of Florida comes up with OU recruiting beaches, there, there's no beaches. There's no beaches in Gainesville.
1: There's a lot of rednecks. Tom Petty's from there.
2: A lot of jorts.
0: Oh, um, it.
3: The farther north in Florida you go,
2: the there you get. Just thinking about being in Gainesville for more than, like, 72 hours makes my head hurt.
1: It is a little bit of an oasis because it's just a nicer town since there's a college there. But, like, from Orlando to Gainesville, you might as well just, like, be in a, a, a nuclear holocaust movie or something.
2: Or, like, southeast Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> I did see a map about where the most racist places are in the country. Most of it was all in the SEC, but there was a little sliver there in southeast Oklahoma. Well, hot spot. It's where those, those people went to fly the Dixie Is it the Dixie flag? The Southern... The, yeah, like like the Stars and Bars? Yeah. They flew that when Obama went to some Jesus school out there.
3: I think that uh, there's also Bigfoot sightings down in that part of Oklahoma a lot.
0: Well, there's a lot, a lot of, of meth. Down there. Probably a solid relationship between those two things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> racist Bigfoot and
1: meth.
2: Yeah, <laughs> very. And and I love there's the. There's a people. pretty good chance that Bigfoot is a racist myth. I love the people of Broken Bow and Idabel, but come on, we know we know what's happening in the backwoods there.
3: I actually heard there's great Italian food in that part of the state. Need to get down there and check it out. That's
2: McAllister. I thought
3: that
2: was was I thought Krebs had the
3: really good. It Italian. is Krebs okay. and McAllister. Is that down there? Yeah. Okay. No,
1: it's in Mc, McAllister is east. Or yeah, it's straight
3: east. Straight east, not so much south. Not so much south. Though.
1: Okay. Been there a couple times. Durant is the capital of Southeast Oklahoma. Been there. So I'm just so glad, like the Southwest is so normal, pretty much. Like Duncan is just like you know, it's like a small kind of Edmundy place
3: altus is infamous though
1: altus well it's an air force base lawton is kind of the the bad place so anyway um
0: spoken like a true duncanite
1: i mean it's shitty i mean
0: it's (laughs) (laughs) come on it always has been southwest oklahoma you're like look lawton
1: allowed me as a 16 year old in a strip club i mean what kind of town is that really
2: uh, it's a great place. And if you've never been to the Dragon in Lawton. <laughs> and it was the Red Dragon that I let would, me in. Uh, I would highly recommend Would you it. go there in high school? Yeah. We used to have to go to a place off 10th Street. Uh, and I shit you not, it was called the G-Spot. It's called Well, it was the Gentleman's Spot, but we called it the G-Spot. It's a great Did place. It, Hold
0: I thought on, I, I think heard UPS something about here. them doing a documentary on the Red Dog or something. Ooh, I don't know. Could, I thought I it's, one of my buddies said something. and I didn't really look it up, so I have to. I'm kind of throwing this out half-assed, but there was something about this that there were like a book or a movie or something.
2: I I don't know. Maybe like on a house to how to score crystal meth because <laughs> I we never went there. I don't. I think that was a that was even a place that was a little too scary for us.
3: Is this a lot in establishment?
2: No, it's off no, of like
0: it's off a of tenth in Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's uh, east. East, uh-huh. east or no West no no west west. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. West side. down like what was it between MacArthur and Meridian something like that yeah something like that, uh,
2: that there's actually a couple uh pretty good Mexican food trucks down that way nowadays oh nice. that's a that's a serious comment the can-
1: Moana hook has arrived by UPS <laughs> oh is that what that nice. is yes
2: yeah. perfect I was interested in what this thing is
3: you guys can keep talking about your strip clubs I'm actually more excited about the taco truck than the strip clubs that's how you can tell I'm getting older.
2: There's a there's a good one down here in Norman supposedly that I haven't been to yet off of uh, twelve. The one that oh. parks oh, highway
3: the nine. One that, it's great. Yeah. I went there. It's terrific. Is it the
1: one that parks over by vans? Mm, no. no, it's the it parks over Lindsay off of 24th, Highway Nine. Or Highway Nine and Twenty Fourth, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And that uh I think it's like a Tom Green Thumb or whatever. Yeah, there's a gas station there in the there's parking a gas lot. Station, yeah. Yeah. I
3: think it's that show. It's really uh,
2: cool. Joe, I guess before we close this out, do you want to hit on uh, Jamal B enemy?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh for those that may not know, Oklahoma got their first commit for the class of 2018. Uh, Jamal Bimy, who is the nephew of Eric Bnameme Jr., the University of Colorado all-time leading rusher, played in the NFL, and I think he's now the coach running backs coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, his nephew Jamal plays at Katie Tompkins down in Texas, uh, down in the Houston area. Uh, he's a rivals 150 guard. Uh, Oklahoma um, I'll just tell you uh, I'll give you some good quotes coming up in the next scoop, but there are they love. Jamal being they think he's one of the more underrated players not just in Texas but in the entire class uh, they think he's going to come in and be a, a combo guard for them that can I, I've heard he can even play on the floor with Trey Young and Cameron Mcgusty. all three of those guys could play at once uh, he's 6'5 uh, I, I've heard comparisons to Isaiah Cousins with his athleticism and ability as a defender so uh, it's a big pickup for Oklahoma good way to start the class of 2018 and I know I know they're really focused on the Houston area in general so, uh, Carlin Hartman, who came over from Rice a year ago, uh, he that this is a big land for him, and uh, that area will be big for him in this class. You know, it's interesting. I've, I've seen multiple times now on Twitter here recently is uh,
2: James Fraschilla is back in town, and he's been working out with Kadim Latin and Trey Young uh, at the OU facility. So, they're having a, a really, I guess, they're already kind of starting the Trey Young era down in Norman uh, very soon, as he uh, probably gets ready to report in here.
3: I think about thirty days. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think it's about a month, and you know that's that's kind of one of the reasons he picked OU's because he's essentially been a part of that program, going to practices, hanging out, working with guys, you know, for years now. So this is just kind of a continuation of that. So I think that's kind of one of the big reasons why he did pick OU's because I mean he's just it's going to be a seamless transition. And oh my gosh, the but
2: Moana hook is here! Holy cannoli! I don't even understand what that thing
1: is. So it's like
3: it's like a wooden fishing hook. Is that what it's supposed to be? Like it's a got ju- like a different. It's
1: got
2: a like a bone handle with like some string around it. What do you do with it though? You you don't
0: give that to children. What does Moana do with the <laughs> hook, Josh? Okay, to uh, we'll clarify. Moana is the little girl in the story. She's kind of like the the main character. The hook is by uh, is Maui's, uh, who's Maui's like hook. a, okay, uh, rock a guy. god of the you know the people of Hawaii. And uh, I don't know what the tribal name for it is, but anyway, so he is part of it and his hook is where his power comes from and that's his hook so and actually played by the rock who may be beating eddie to the uh, presidential campaign in 2020 so, i saw
2: that how is his singing in that movie is going gonna have to be the uh, press secretary if that happens <laughs>
0: <laughs> he eddie he or carrie he only sang once but it's actually not bad it's one of the catchier songs in the movie i'll, I'll get is pretty good it really is it's kind of but what does he do long, with the hook um, like he kill he, things. Ma- he, he's like a shapeshifter. He can turn into like a shark or a whale or a bird or whatever he wants to be, or you know he can just turn back into himself. So. Plus, it's got. Um, there's something else I'm gonna forget. I, I haven't seen it enough to know, but that that's his basic powers. That he's a shapeshifter.
3: So it's more like Gandalf's magic staff than like Mjolnir for Thor. It's more like yeah, it's yeah. Like, it, it's not like what. It's not the hammer. Badass of itself. You know like, the name it, of the more, hammer. You know, yeah, Mjolnir, M J O L N I R.
2: Joe's a closet fan of the show. I think
3: of what uh, I, I. Are love, you a big comic book guy? I love uh, the movies. I love. We just saw Guardians. Guardians is my I favorite. did, too. It was. <laughs> I'm going to say this.
1: Yeah. The I won't spoil anything, but I think the start of Guardians of the Galaxy Two is the greatest start to any movie I've ever seen. I saw it in 3D, which made it even better. The 3D is
3: incredible. You seen IMAX?
1: Uh, no, just real 3D. We didn't get the IMAX passes.
2: Uh, but my parents didn't let me make believe. I don't think when I was a kid, so
0: that's why I didn't see any of
2: this <laughs> stuff like Star Wars and Star Trek and uh, all your fantasy. I, I shows. would say
0: on that list for me, Carrie Iron Man Two might be up there. When he jumps out of the plane and they got ACDC playing and the whole thing, like that's that's kind of awesome for me.
3: Uh, Dark Knight's got a great opening too. With the bank robbery, the clown mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. and, that is, um, that's
0: a great one. Yeah. But this one is
1: fantastic. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's funny, and it's cute, and it's scary, and it's just... Like, I know everybody's seen Baby Groot. You will get <laughs> a face full of Baby Groot. And love every man. And it. it'll be awesome yeah. at the beginning. It's, it's worth going to just for the, the opening okay. scene,
2: sequence. So there you go. All right. I think we're done. Anything else you want to throw out there, guys? Uh I was just gonna say I'll be out at baseball this evening, big uh three game series this weekend in TCU, Norman right? with uh TCU in town. OU uh thirty two and seventeen, ten and eight, tied for second in the Big Twelve. So where, are, big, the, where are the regional projections for them right now? Two seed right now. Two loose two seed. Warren Nolan had them, I believe, in uh gosh. Arkansas? I, no, it was I just completely forgot. I was just looking at it. The latest one from D1 Baseball just came out uh, minutes ago. They had them a two seed in the Tucson region in Arizona. And then uh, Baseball America had them a two seed in uh, Baton Rouge. So I I think that's one you want to stay away from. If they win this, I mean, bear with me. If they take two or three this weekend from TCU, I think you can start maybe talking about them getting back into a possible host. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things break out this weekend, but getting a, a, a solid uh, rotation back with Jake Irvin on Friday and uh, Devin Perez on uh, Sunday on the back end is uh, is good news for Oklahoma. They're getting a little bit more healthy, and I think uh, they're obviously winning more games with back-to-back road series. So going to be interesting. Pete Hughes is here to stay, folks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs>
1: All right, so appreciate Eddie with the baseball. Uh, Appreciate Joe with all the the, uh, basketball info. I did know that was B. enemy's nephew uh, because of you. You told me that before. Uh, Josh McQuistian, as always, thank you for all your uh, wonderful football recruiting
0: contributions. uh One thing, everybody be around the board tomorrow. We talked about Starlin Baldwin a little bit. I think there will be big news in his recruitment tomorrow evening big Thursday news. evening for those who are listening at different that's, times that's a
3: good payoff for listening all the way to the end of the podcast
0: and he just released his top 12 win <laughs> um was that Monday Monday yeah Monday it would have been Monday yeah it's the same deal with Ron Tatum he put his out at Friday and then he scheduled his press conference for the following Wednesday so I don't really know why you do it that way but you know not my world I guess shows you
3: how much stock to put in those top whatever lists so true yep.
1: All right, uh, thanks a lot, guys, and uh, we'll be back again uh, soon as we also have the uh, St. Louis Rivals uh, three-stripe camp coming up. uh, And then, uh, man, less than a month from now, Five Star Challenge is going to be going on in Indianapolis, too. Uh, So we will have uh, plenty of that, plus uh, team camps coming up, uh, satellite camps, which I'm... Not exactly sure how that's all going to work out, but uh, we'll talk about it more next time. Uh, But we'll be out on the road a lot more, so a lot more recruiting coming up. And uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time on The Unofficial 40.